Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Phones to silent, doors to cross-check, hold on to your hats. This is Five Yard Rush, your fantasy football podcast, with your hosts, Stocks, Sparky, Murph and Nick. Yo, what's going on Rush Nation? Welcome to part two of the Dynasty As It Is Right Now podcast series. Is that a fair introduction, Murph? Yeah, stay the franchises as it is right now, just to go through and see where teams currently are based on what information we know today. Um, we're not really interested in looking back we're more interested in looking forward free agency players that will be leaving the team due to free agency as well as also some potential positions acquisitions and uh, looking at the draft and positions of need uh, as well as coaching changes so what we can expect that might be different we're not trying to speculate where they're going to finish we're just talking about the teams as they are now and interact with us on all the usual channels uh, twitter facebook at five yard rush let us know about your team as we've reviewed them and let us know how bigger idiots we all are or inversely how well we nailed it as you can tell rush nation it's me and murph in the studio today murph's introduction there was stellar and i might hand him the reins once in a while but who knows and for part two once again we are joined by sean and lee from all 32 thanks for coming on again guys couldn't really have anyone else do it seeing as you started the series you're gonna finish it how are you both doing yeah great mate thank you enjoyed part one looking forward to part two because obviously the Next Super Bowl champions, the Cleveland Browns, are coming up in this review, so looking forward to it. Oh, they've moved to a different sport and called that the Super Bowl. And I saw They're going into the AAF. Is that called the yeah. Super Bowl there? I don't even know. 
mean, just settle down, you guys, settle down. <laughs> oh, man, so today we're going to be talking about the AFC North and the AFC South. I'm going to kick off with the Ravens. I quite like the Ravens. I think, did you give me teams that you thought I liked, or did you just hand them out? In the... No, I, I tried to pick teams that I, I kind of just took random teams and tried to assign them in some sort of order where it made sense. So Browns expert talking about the Browns, Dolphins fan talking about the Dolphins, and uh, me talking about the Bills, my uh, favourite subject. Yeah. How do you feel about being the expert and, and then Lee just being a fan, guys? Is that contentious? <laughs> hey, after my performance, it's probably accurate. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair. Right, I'm going to kick it off with the Ravens. In 2018, the Ravens did a lot of running. Uh, a lot of running. That's probably going to be the mantra in 2019. Probably. That's what happens when your quarterback can't throw the football. Yeah, we don't know that. He's going to have a decent off-season and he's going to be able to throw the ball. Ball. Did you want to go and look at the no, uh, no. AFC divisional round again? No, he's got training. He's in hardcore training. Listen, I'm only piping for the boy because he is my backup quarterback in, front, in Dynasty. So that could all change. If I trade him away, I'm going to hate on him so hard. But at the moment, Lamar, <laughs> you're my boy. Okay. Yeah, so as Murph alluded to, he can't throw the football and he does a lot of running. So why move away from it? I think... What's going to happen is that this is going to need to change. I think Lamar Jackson is going to even need to be able to throw the football or they're going to have to move on to someone else just purely because he's going to be a running back and not a quarterback. I think with practice, fingers crossed, he can do it. But I think with Jackson being on the rookie contract, this is the time for them to go and win the Super Bowl. As we all know, rookie contract, quarterbacks, running backs are hugely important in playoff teams so they need to in order to do this in order to help Jackson throw they need to bolster their offensive line it it, it also helps with the run game they faltered towards the end last season and Gus Edwards and help me out here Murph Kenneth Dixon that's the one Kenneth Dixon they couldn't really get the rock running towards the end of last season and the Ravens need to address that primarily to keep Jackson from snapping in half because he's like a zip if he turns sideways but yeah, so get, get, get some decent offensive line in there. I don't know whether that's in the draft or in free agency. But above the offensive line, they need someone for Jackson who can now throw the football, let's say, to throw at. Um, I'm not sure on Crabtree. Is Crabtree... Crabtree's still there, but they have lost. Sneed, is he gone? I think Sneed might still be there. John Brown's going to hit John free Brown's agency. gone. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, they don't have anyone. And I think they need to go out and get a true ex-receiver. I think drafting at 22 as well means they could, with all the defensive players that are going to go early at 22, one of the top receivers could be there. So, you know, Keanu, Keneal Harry, I should say, sorry, or DK Metcalf, both are physical beasts and have got great hands. So I think if they can get either one of those, it's a decent place to start with when Jackson can throw the football. That's going to be a reoccurring theme in this piece, Jackson being able to throw the football. Of course, you can then just chuck this whole piece out if it turns out you can't. <laughs> we'll save you the time, you can't. Oh, all right. Well, moving on then. You crack on with the Steelers. No, the, the Ravens' defense last year was probably the best in football, but they are going to be losing CJ Mosley and Terrell Suggs to free agency. Why, why are you looking at me like that? The Bears. Yeah, but that's fantasy wise. Uh-huh. The Ravens' D is a good D. It's a good D. Yeah. It, you know, you made me trade for them in Dynasty. They're good, they're a good D. Uh, this is all going horribly wrong. Murph and I are unraveling at the seams. So, yeah, as I just alluded to, CJ Mosley and Terrell Suggs are both free agents now I think one of them possibly Suggs he had a decent 2018 I think they re-sign him but I think I think they desperately need a pass rusher and then cornerback and safety are big defensive needs 
I think if they can go and get that, and Lamar Jackson can throw the football, even though Murphy is consistently telling me he can't, the flock can fly high once again and make the playoffs in 2019. Seeing as you're next, Murph, why don't you take the Steelers? Yeah, so I will take the the drama team, otherwise known as the Pittsburgh Steelers, another team that all off-season I just cannot wait to be tuned into. <laughs> I think they should be a reality TV series, uh, keeping up with the Steelers. Um, I'd be all over it. We can get some extra producers. We can follow around Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown and Mike Tomlin and Ben Roethlisberger. Hey, I'd be entertained. I think that's an idea. In fact, let's go ahead and trademark that. So anyway, Mike Tomlin is coming back in 2019. However, he vowed to make changes almost immediately. Mike Munchak has gone. He's gone to Denver, the offensive line coach. Yeah, there was talks he could be a potential head coach candidate, but those talks fizzled out very quickly, and he has made the move to join Vic Fangio in Denver. They've also uh, changed in quite a few of the other sort of assistant positions as well. So it's going to be a lot of change in scheme and concept. But I think the, the one interesting thing is, is Tomlin going to continue to focus on the defense or is he going to actually uh, allow someone to have some free reign over that because it's an area that is in need of improvement. They have some notable players going on to free agency, none more notable probably in the entire class than Le'Veon Bell. As to where his landing spot is, it's very clear he's not going to end up back in Pittsburgh. Def Jam Records. <laughs> I think, I think, I think he, he could go anywhere. But they also are potentially losing uh, guard Ram, you know, Ramon Foster, tight end Jesse Jane, James, and also their backup sort of centre guard, uh, BJ Finney, who's actually a really good utility player. Just that offensive line is one of the best in football. And he's, it's been a struggle for him to get on, but someone's going to pay him some cash and, and take him because he's a, he's a good player. There's also the talk of what happens with Antonio Brown. He's requested a trade. Um, that trade hasn't been authorised as of yet, but that might be in the coming days. We're waiting for information on that. So at the end of the day, they've got a lot of uh, needs. So they will be drafting at 20. And although their primary focus at the moment, I would say, is cornerback, uh, linebacker, and, and they are lacking an elite edge rusher, I think depending on Antonio Brown, they could also be thinking of wide receiver. That will be the spot in the draft where people are falling. I wouldn't advise uh, DK Metcalf, but there are a few. Harry, for example, is one that could be worthwhile to them. But they do have James Washington there also who could step up. So they might choose to get some assistance in free agency. But, I mean, really for me, if they're going to go deep, I think they need to work out the, pro- the problem with Brown and try and retain him. Wide receivers like him are generational. Yes, there's some issues there. I don't think it's anything that money and time can't sort out, but they really do need an elite edge rusher. And the problem with them picking at 20 is as deep as this class is, I can't see any real elite edge rusher going down to 20 unless something comes out about character issues or something in the draft. So I think they're going to need to think about that in free agency. There's a few players out there they could have a look at. They also need to improve against the run. So they need to think about how to, uh, acquire some players that are going to help them uh, with that. They're not too far away from the playoffs. I think this is going to be a division that is going to be hotly contested between the Ravens, the Steelers and the Browns, who Sean will come on to. Um, but you've also got the Bengals under new management as well. So it's going to be really interesting. But I think this team is a long way from the Super Bowl. Personally, I think there are uh, four or five other teams better equipped right now to, to put a run together. And I guess if we do another one of these before the season, we can see where they are. But they need to have a huge uh, defensive improvement. And I think if Tomlin is willing to give up the reins and get some fresh ideas and fresh talent in, I think that's going to go some way towards that. So 
interesting team to watch. I will be subscribed to them uh, all off-season and looking forward to what they're going to be doing. Well, why don't we have a little debate quickly about Antonio Brown. Do you think he still is a stealer come next season? I think if he's not still a stealer, I think people in the organisation need to lose their jobs. Yeah, fair. I think I think if you are willing to let that kind of player walk out the door under contract, something's not right. Well, I, 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 you're you're talking about if, listen. If I I caveat that if he is if he's guilty of some of the offences that have been alleged, I'm more inclined to let him go. I think, but if it's just a case of he's got an ego, he's an elite player. He's allowed an ego. He's he's sort of proven to me that. You know, you, you have to overcome that sort of thing. And if you can't, then you have to question the leadership in in the room and the leadership at the organization. Because you're always going to have these types of mercurial talents who believe they are better that need to be treated a certain way. And if you can't do that, you have to look at the coaching and you have to look at the organization. Because you have to do whatever you can to retain a once-in-a-generation mm. wide receiver. And okay, you can argue that it's Julio Jones and there's a couple of others, but we're talking about a very small handful of players that are as good as he is. So I would keep him at all. I wouldn't say necessarily at all costs. If he's guilty of domestic violence or things like that, then of course I'm more inclined for you to let him leave. But other than that, I'd be keeping him and I'd be doing whatever I can, but maybe it is time. And if he goes, the landing spot I would expect will be the San Francisco 49ers. Although how I think they can afford him, with what they have spent on some of their premium offensive players is just nuts. And I think they'll put themselves into such a cap hole getting him that they're going to struggle to make the playoffs. So I think if I'm, if I'm here, I stay with the Steelers. I think that's your best bet of getting some silverware, unless the Patriots come calling or someone like that. <laughs> Imagine that. But I can't <laughs> see that happening. And I think if he goes to the 49ers, I think that's terrible. What do you boys think, Sean Lee? I've got to be honest. I just had the same thought that, as scary as it might be, Antonio Brown is a Patriots-type player to go and pick up someone of elite talent. And, you know, they did it with Randy Moss. They tried it with an Albert Hainsworth. You know, they've got a history of bringing in someone like that because he he's going to want to win. They can sort him out ego-wise. They I think they, they feel that they obviously had the locker room to keep him under control. And just going back to the Steelers themselves for a little bit, I think if you keep having this site, this kind of problem, with this with top level talent over and over, eventually you've got to be the problem. It can't keep being the players. No fair, Sean. No, I'd, I'd agree with what you said. We debated this a few weeks back on our podcast, and and I sort of said at the time, I do think he will end up elsewhere. It just seems to be an ongoing saga. I can certainly speak as a fan of a rival team in the division. I'll be delighted if he does go. Um, he's obviously an exceptional talent, as Murph has alluded to there, and someone you have to game plan for every time that you come up against the Steelers. So. You know, to get him out of the division certainly wouldn't be a bad thing on a you know from a Browns fans' perspective. Um, I think the likely landing spot is the 49ers. Um, that seems to have been talked about a lot. I agree with Murph around some of the cap problems that, that creates, um, but I, I can certainly see it happening. Um, I, I would be amazed if he plays another down for the Steelers. To be honest, as much as I agree, you should always try and keep your top talent. I do think he goes. Well, with that being said, should we move on? Sean, over to you in the Browns. Yeah, so I jokingly said you're next Super Bowl champions. As a Browns fan, it's the only time of the year we can be optimistic. It is the off-season, then we start playing games and realise we're terrible as usual. Uh, but hopefully this year will be different. So, coaching changes are plenty, as always seems to be the case. So, Freddie Kitchens gets his reward for an improved offensive performance in the second half of last season with his first ever head coaching opportunity. 
Um, Todd Munkin comes across from the books, who obviously offensively last year were excellent. Certainly moving the ball wasn't the Buccaneers' problem. Um, so really excited to see what he brings over to the offence. And I think Steve Wilkes is a good hire as the DC as well. Had a tough gig, I would suggest, with the Cardinals. Um, always seemed to be a team that was in a rebuild mode. And I always think it's a little unfair to a guy with the roster and a franchise heading in that direction to only give him one season. But ultimately, that's what happened. Um, and then Mike Prefer, hopefully I've sp- uh, pronounced that correctly, in a special teams coordinator, has had consistently good uh, units with the Vikings, although obviously some controversy off the field. Um, That's a very mild way of putting it. Yeah, I was trying to be, di- <laughs> trying to be diplomatic. But being the Browns, we like a bit of controversy, which I'll get to in a minute after the last night's news. <laughs> um, I think the Browns are in a, in a pretty enviable space in as much as they've still got an awful lot of cap space. Um, they don't have a huge number of marquee players at all hitting free agency. Um, if I said Greg Robinson, he's probably the biggest free agent decision. That tells you all you need to know. He came in and, and did a serviceable job, I'd say, at left tackle last year. You know, replacing Joe Thomas is not going to be an easy task, if not an impossible task. Um, you know, but Robinson came in and, and solidified the line in the second half of last season. So I would expect him to be retained. I still think they might look for tackle in the draft as a long-term answer. Robinson would work well as a swing tackle. In my opinion, could easily fit in at right tackle as well, where Chris Hubbard wasn't great last year. Only other notable free agent, and I say he's notable because I think teams are always looking out for a quarterback option, will be Tyrod Taylor. He was obviously brought in as the bridge, if you like, last year. That bridge ended up being two and a half games because of the emergence of Baker Mayfield last year. Um, but I think Tyrod Taylor ends up somewhere, again, in a similar situation, probably looking for a franchise that he's just looking to tide things over until you know there's a better option become available. I'm I'm not huge into college ball, so you'd have to excuse my ignorance on that, but everyone that I listen to tells me that next year's quarterback class is the better one. Um, so I'd imagine Tyrod probably ends up with another one-year contract somewhere to, to hold the reins. I think, like I've alluded to, I think they will look for tackle and receiver in the draft, I think, are the two key areas for me. I think cornerback depth as well will be a key one. Denzel Ward was great last year, but they'll need someone to play opposite him. And again, for me, another team that need help on the interior of the defensive line. Just quickly going to touch on it because it happened last night. I'd already written the notes for, for this article and then the, the big announcement last night that the Browns had signed Kareem Hunt. I think, again, if you look at this from a purely football perspective, and I think details are emerging of his contract, which essentially guarantees him nothing, I think it's, you know, basically, if that is the case, it's it's low risk or no risk and extremely high reward. I think if you look at Kareem Hunt, the footballer, and obviously he's been exceptional since he entered into the league. And, you know, my initial reaction yesterday was, why do we need him? We've got Chubb, we've got Johnson. I think, you know, probably 24 hours to reflect on it. You can never have enough good players. It's as simple as that. And Kitchens last year didn't actually employ the wishbone a few times where we actually had three backs on the field at the same time. And just the prospects of that would actually be pretty terrifying, I would suggest, for opposing defences. Um, so I think there's some creativity within Kitchens' his playbook. And obviously, Todd Munkin, um, I'm sure, will be delighted at the prospect of those three in the backfield. Obviously, suspension pending and not going to debate the rights and the wrongs of what happened off the field. I think the, the Browns addressed that in the statements last night. Um, but certainly, as a footballer, can't deny his talent. I think, like I say, optimism is obviously around Mayfield. Um, hopefully, doesn't get a second season slump. Nothing to suggest that he will. I think, you know, hopefully this time it is a little bit more than optimism. I think we actually do have genuine reason for belief. Um, I think, as Murph has alluded to, it is a tight division. 
I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns finish fourth in the division again, and I wouldn't be surprised if they finish top of the division. I think it could be a really tight division. I think the, the biggest danger for the Browns is that expectation. I think naturally you've seen seven wins, and all of a sudden people expect you're going to win 10 and 11 and march to the playoffs. You know, you've got to earn a win each and every week, and, you know, that'll be one game at a time. You know, we haven't won an opener for God knows how long. I think it's about 18 years since we won an opener, so it'd be nice to start the season 1 and 0, and we can go from there. But uh, certainly cautiously optimistic. Um, hopefully a good season ahead for the Browns. Nice. I think it's going to be definitely an, an interesting season for the Browns. Far more interesting than I think they've had for, for years to come. And, you know, it's the first time I can remember the drafts that um, they're not thinking about drafting a quarterback, which is also going to be quite interesting. It's kind of like the world's on its head there. Yeah, lots of things to think about with them. And um, I think, again, they're another one of these teams that will be really interesting to watch what they do. I'm a big fan of Munkin. He had to go as part of uh, what happened in Tampa. But if I could pick one of two coaches to keep, he would have been on my list. I think he's not culpable for the failure of the Buccaneers last season. And you've got a very good, exciting coach with head coaching experience. I think you get him for 12 months. I think he's gone in a year yep. to, a, to be a head coach in the NFL. I think this is a stopgap, um, but he will have the, the chance to prove his talent. And I think if you win anywhere from eight to 13 games in the regular season, he's off. Someone yeah. will hire him. No, and, and, and to be fair, mate, you know, I absolutely hope that does happen because as you've alluded to there, he's going to get hired if we perform well. And if we perform well, hopefully that translates to wins. So it's always, you know, again, it's one of those nice problems to have in the league, isn't it? If people want your coordinators, it generally means your franchise is doing well. So it would be nice for someone to come and steal one from us for a change. Yeah, definitely. I'd see that happening for sure. Anyway, Lee, Lee, you've been quiet there. It's... Uh... It's your turn now to uh, to talk about uh, one of the more surprising hires uh, in the NFL in, in 2019. So uh, take it away with the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay, so I've got the six and ten Bengals here. And, and after a hot start to the season, um, the, the, the Bengals suffered a lot of injuries, which really derailed everything. And it, it's led to Marvin Lewis after 15 seasons being sacked, which is kind of unthinkable because he, he's coached from to some pretty terrible seasons. So after a season of injuries, I'm surprised that this is the year they've decided to move on. They bring in Zach Taylor, who's a former quarterbacks coach and formerly of the Los Angeles Rams. They seem to be one of the teams that have got into this trend of we want the next Sean McVay, so we're going to hire someone that has at some point had a conversation with Sean McVay, which is, I suppose, a logic. It's not one I I would personally want to, um, you know, to apply to my team, but Hey, that's that's what they've done. I think the interesting thing here is Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton is inconsistent at best. And when when he plays, he, he has shown that he can be a good quarterback. But I think the interesting thing is that if they were to decide to move on, keep an eye on the Bengals to be a, a possible suitor for Ryan Tannehill. Because although most people are now currently screaming at their phones or whatever device you're listening on saying this is absolutely a sideways move. Zach Taylor coached him in, as a rookie out um, in his first year in the league and they could possibly save money. So, uh, you know, I would, I would look to them to possibly be a, a suitor if his services would become available. They have a cornerback, Darquiz Denard, heading into free agency, which has got to be, um, he led the team in, in, he joined led the team in interceptions. So he's going to be a priority to try and lock him up. They've got plenty of cap space to do that if they want. Outside of that, their biggest issues are on the O-line. They need um, 
interior linemen and they need tackles. So with the 11th pick, I wouldn't be surprised if that's where you see them going in the draft. And possibly, I mean, we've said it before for a few other teams. I mean, we know how linemen can be valued really high. And if not, they tend to drop to the back end of the first round. I wouldn't be surprised if you see them as another team that are trying to move, even if they only pick up a little bit of extra capital for that 11th pick. Nice. I think the Bengals should do better next season if injuries aren't a concern. I think Tannehill wouldn't be a terrible ad. They need AJ Green to be fit. I mean, he's one of the perennial wide receiver talents of our generation. And he's always been on a mediocre team. Imagine the damage he'd have done being on another team when he was drafted. But that's where he landed. And I think Joe Mixon has the talent. Needs to be helped. The offensive line was poor at best last year. And I think, yeah, I think if they add the right piece in the draft, then they can challenge for the division. I think it's a really good division if everybody plays well as well. Yeah, I think it's cultural there. I think that's the the, the point I have. Mar- Marvin Lewis, when, I mean, it was mutual because it was stale. Um, when you've had no success for a long period of time, substandard performance is acceptable. And uh, we've seen this many organizations in many sports teams in many different sports across the world um, that after a while things just become very stagnant and you've got players like Vontes Burfitt who are allowed to rule the roost and do whatever they want and um, hopefully Taylor can come in and, and clear house I don't love the appointment I don't think it's one that I'm particularly excited for um, and I don't know how strong a character he is to clear house because I think they need to do a little bit of that because I think they've got some poisoned apples in that in that dressing room but, you know, you've got to give everybody a fair chance in the NFL and, and it wouldn't be the first time I was wrong and it wouldn't be the first time I'd be surprised that somebody who I didn't expect to do well would do well. So, but, you know, if you were to ask me the, to rank the eight appointments, this one would be right at the very bottom. But I also think it's an exciting challenge and an exciting franchise to watch with the players that you've mentioned. And yeah. I think it's going to be an interesting one. Well, I think he could definitely go either way, Zach Taylor. And if anyone wants to get a closer look at him go back and watch Hard Knocks with the Dolphins from a few years ago and you, you'll get to see him quite close like you just said Matt, I, I think he would need to have grown up a little from there which sounds strange to be saying that about a guy that's been appointed as a head coach but he was very much being told what to do and the, the babysitter of the quarterbacks more than a quarterbacks coach yeah I don't like anybody that's not been a proper coordinator and has not been a head coach I'm all for people that deserve starts and you know I know Freddie Kitchens was on a very similar route he'd never been a coordinator but he was one on a winning team and he did the job and he got the job on merit all right it's a risk but given the amount of games he's had but he's built something there and he's got the relationship it's a new team and you've not had that leadership it's a big gamble so we'll see what happens but I think that segues us nicely over to um, another exciting division yeah so moving over to the AFC, we've got back-to-back Lee for you, Rush Nation, and he's going to be talking about the Texans. He's shaking his head. He's not happy, but he's having it. <laughs> well, this is the best team I've been given to, to review. So the Texans actually finished at 11-5 and five and, and rode into the playoffs on a bit of a high, only to, to suffer a disappointing loss at home to the Colts. And I think the, the most disappointing thing about that was the performance, not the, not necessarily just the fact that they lost, but they, they didn't really seem ready for that game, in my opinion. But looking forward, you know, this is a team that is is stacked with talent. You know, DeAndre Hopkins is arguably one of the best wide receivers in the league. I would argue he's right up there. They've got JJ Watt. They've got quarterback into Sean Watson, who can do it all. 
stayed healthy last year, which is great to see after the the knee injury the year before. Jadavion Clowney on the outside as well is a great player and is about to hit free agency, which is a, an interesting place for the for the Texans who have a lot of cap space. They've got sixty four million dollars in cap space. Come March thirteenth, when the the new league year starts and people are able to to vie for these players' attention, I would like to think that the, the Texans will probably have Jadavian Clowney already locked up, um, along with a couple of other players. So they've got Kareem Jackson, the Kayvon Webster at corner, also about to hit free agency. So depending on what they decide to do there, it's really going to affect their plans coming into the draft in late April. Um, I believe that, you know, it's hard to keep everybody. So you'll probably see them prioritize someone, I'd assume Clowney, maybe take the the cheaper of the other two corners and then use draft assets to fill the holes left. Like a lot of teams that we've already spoken about, um, including the Bengals, the, the key to everything is they've, they've got holes on the offensive line. They need tackles. They need inside line, um, interior linemen. I think like any team, if they, if they don't fix that, they're on the road to disaster because, you know, no matter who your quarterback is, everything becomes difficult if you can't keep him upright. So I think they, they look to fix that and, and hope to make a deep playoff run after a disappointing exit this season. And I think if they don't, you've definitely got to look for Bill O'Brien's job to possibly be on the line because this has been a very talented team that have been middle of the road for the last few years I know they had injuries but you know I think people expect more and the talent dictates that they that they do better I think that's a fair analysis yeah right Sean over to you and those Indianapolis Colts yeah so thanks again Murph you're giving me all the good teams if you gave me all the poor ones I've got another good team here in the Colts so 10-6 last year um, I think Frank Roke's done an incredible job here you know it was a disappointing campaign the year before and then obviously started one and five and ultimately went on to make the playoffs as Lee just alluded to um, obviously Andrew Luck's shoulder seemed to get better as the season went on and he's got another nine months of rest and relaxation and rehabilitation to get into that shoulder ahead of the next campaign so I would expect him to only look even better team that he's actually sort of building very much through the draft now and obviously change of general manager they're not sort of splashing out big money. Um, so there's no marquee names here when it comes to pending free agents, but certainly some players that have played considerable snaps for the Colts that they will look to bring back. Um, so Pierre Desir at corner, um, used to be at the Browns, but played a key starting role for the Colts last year. Um, at safety, they've got Clayton Geathers, um, again, another player that, that sort of did well in that defensive backfield. So I'd look for them to probably lock those guys up. And I think a bit of a versatile lineman is Evan Boehm. Um, again, another guy that can play multiple positions on the line. I think every team we reviewed, they're always looking for help in the trenches. If you've got a guy that can play multiple spots and do an adequate job for you, um, I think he'll be somebody that they look to bring back. A lot of the other guys that they've got are those sort of depth and mid-level players. So there's, there's quite a number of Colts that fall into that category. I'd look for them to retain the vast majority. They do have the most cap space available heading into free agency. Um, I'd look for them to possibly add one or two players. Again, I don't think they're going to spend huge amounts overall, but I wouldn't be surprised if they make a little bit of a splash. Um, I think it could be um, a landing spot for Lev Bell. It makes a lot of sense in terms of that threat out of the backfield. I think he would be a good fit in the offence. Um, I think that, that potentially is exciting. I think Marlon Mack did a decent job at the back end of last year, but there's no doubt Lev Bell's a huge upgrade. 
I think they look for a receiver opposite T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. is probably getting towards the back end of his career now. I think they probably look for uh, a sort of weapon opposite him. That could be a, a spot for Terrell Williams, who I mentioned on a previous review of the Chargers. Um, and I think they'll also look for a bit of help in the defensive backfield. I mentioned Desir as a free agent. Like I say, he's a, a decent enough player. But again, I think they potentially could be looking at the defensive backfield for some upgrades. Um, 26 pick in the draft. Again, interior defensive lineman, wide receiver if they don't address that through agency and, and that defensive backfield. So whether they tackle it through free agency or the draft, they're obviously looking to build it through the draft. Um, but obviously, armed with that much cap space, coming off the back of a hot season, an opportunity here for them to be a little bit uh, little bit free with the cash, shall we say, get one or two difference makers in, and potentially I think the Colts could have a good opportunity to, to take ownership of that division. Um, you know, I think they certainly handled the Texans comfortably in that playoff game, as Lee alluded to, and they, they certainly are a team to watch with interest moving forward, so I only think they're going to improve. I think they could win the Super Bowl next year, just by adding a few decent pieces. I think they need to do a bit, but I think uh, they're in the right position and they're doing the right things. And um, I think the, the key is to how they spend that money that they've got in cap. I think uh, they're going to make some acquisitions, uh, but they've got a good young team. I think they're going to go a long way. Yeah, for sure. Right, moving on to the Titans. 9-7 and seven last year. It may surprise you that the Titans have gone 9-7s and sevens in the last three seasons and made the playoffs just once. It's quite a stat to have exactly the same finishing stats of the season, just given on the strength of schedule and stuff. Marcus Mariota's health is a huge concern. He struggled to stay fit because of his playing style and the fact that the offensive line ranked 31st in pass protection last year. I think the emergence of Derrick Henry as a legitimate running back in the NFL after winning the Heisman in college, is another reason to shore up the O-line. If you can release that beast every week, he's going to go for like 25,000 yards, 2,600 touchdowns, and he's absolutely unreal at the end of last season. So I think if you can keep Mariota upright and keep Derek Henry running forward as opposed to being stopped at the line, you're going to improve on offense straight away there. I think Malcolm Butler hasn't been the cornerback they hoped he would be coming over this season. But alongside young cornerback Adoree Jackson they get another piece in free agency or in the draft, their cornerback pairing will be lightning fast and a decent threat for opposing quarterbacks. I think what they need really is a dynamic pass rusher to help Harold Landry along the line. And then another safety. Kenny Vaccaro has been good, but I think an upgrade at the position is vastly needed. The defense isn't awful. They just suffered from the case of the Super Bowl Rams offense just all season long. Marcus Mariota did not help and the offense kept the defence on the field for way too long. Corey Davis is yet to explode into the first-round talent he came into the league promising to be. That hasn't been helped by having a new offensive coordinator every year that he's been in the league. Again, next year will not be any different. I think if you can provide Corey Davis with some help at wide receiver, then it should free him up from seeing all the decent coverages from cornerbacks and safeties, and he could well become that talent yet to be seen. Selfishly, Dynasty, I hope he does. I seem to have picked everyone that needs somebody to do something else for them. (laughs) Uh, Delaney Walker. Now, we all know his name. He's been a stud at the tight end for years, but foot and ankle issues may well have ended his NFL career. Whether he comes back or not, he isn't going to be the same skilled player he was 
if Marcus Mariota can have a safe pair of hands at tight end, he should be able to dump passes off and provide a safety net. Now, the Titans only have six picks in the coming draft after giving away their sixth pick to the Ravens for Kamalai Correa. That's a sick name, by the way. Um, they may, they're going to need more picks in order to rebuild completely in this draft. So picking at 19, expect them to take an edge rush or an interior offensive lineman. I, think, I don't think they can rebuild entirely this season. And I think Marcus Mariota's health is a massive issue. Saying that, let's move on to a team that is even more of a disappointment. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Murph, take it away. So now the Jags. The Jags are arguably the biggest disappointment of 2018. Tipped for first place by many pundits. They ended up dead last in the division. Despite this, Doug Marone was retained and he will be back in 2019. However, his staff did pay the price for the team results. At the time of recording, they've hired eight major coaching positions. Uh, the biggest change being offensive coordinator John Filippo coming in previously of the Eagles and the Vikings. He was touted by many to be a potential head coach in 2019 prior to his sacking from the Vikings. And it would be his job to basically spark some life into this stagnant offense that was ranked 30th uh, according to Football Outsiders DVOA rankings. Uh, only notable free agent leaving potentially in 2019 is tight end uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins. Uh, but considering he did absolutely nothing on offense <laughs> um, in, in 2018, I don't think anyone will be uh, sad to see the back of him. However, he was brilliant with the Jets in 2017 and he did have uh, Blake Bortles and Cody Kessler throwing to him. So uh, I reckon he's got a, a pass on this one on his resume. They're going to be drafting seven. A uh, lot of talk in all the mock drafts is they're going to be taking uh, a quarterback, but they also have needs at tight end and also edge rusher. So it depends on what they're doing in free agency. They could take a quarterback there, but I reckon they're probably going to take one with the seventh pick. Uh, I would expect them to be looking at a combination of either Kyler Murray, which uh, I wouldn't advise personally, Dwayne Haskins if he doesn't go to the Giants, uh, or Drew Locke. They could also move up if they feel like Dwayne Haskins is their guy and they want to move up. Then they, there will be options above them, as we've mentioned, with potentially the Raiders or maybe also the Buccaneers as another landing spot they could trade up to. We all know about the the, the defence on this team. We know it's uh, legit, although it didn't have the best of years uh, last year. But this team had absolutely nothing to offer on offence uh, in 2018. Um, so they you know, need to be thinking about how they're going to improve. They've got a young receiving core. A lot of them did end up injured and that didn't help. They also need to decide what they're going to do with Leonard Fournette after some of the transgressions that came out last season and voiding the guarantees on his contract. Do they think about getting a replacement there? So we can see them spending significant cap and draft investment and capital on that offense to see if they can challenge again in 2019. They're going to need some work, but I think that they are a team that will be fascinating to watch uh, in what they do with their moves and whether John Filippo can put himself back out there and make himself a head coaching candidate in 2020 or 2021. Yeah, I still think they're going to be rubbish. I think they're, I don't know, I've just got this feeling that, <laughs> I've just got this feeling all the changes they've made aren't going to make any difference. I think there's pieces in that locker room that are poisonous to the absolute very core of that apple I think Jalen Ramsey doesn't as good as he is I don't think he helps the situation at all it sounds like Leonard Fournette is also a toxic worm in the apple and he's also got legs made of noodle so that doesn't help I think it'll be interesting I think there's there's so much they've got to do they've got to basically reinvent 
the entire offense, which is never a one-year job. It's very rare you'll see that happen in in one year. So for me, that's going to be the biggest uh, the biggest concern out there. So that's what I would. I wouldn't be tipping them for the playoffs as it currently stands. But again, we might do this exercise in July or August and see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Right, boys, appreciate you coming on for the second part of the uh, As It Stands franchise. How do you feel about doing the second half or do you want us to try and rope in somebody else so you haven't got to sit there for so long? No, I'll bring it on, mate. Thoroughly enjoyed it. So look forward to doing the NFC. Like I say, mate, always great to, to talk to you guys and talk football. So bring it on. Looking forward to it. Smashing. Well, that being said, how about you tell our listeners where to find you all on All32? Yeah, so we're all32.co.uk, so primarily a blog site. Um, Anyone can sign up and submit articles into the site, as you guys have done on several occasions. Uh, Always look forward to hearing fans' views of their team or the NFL in general. Um, Just like I say, sign up, get it written, you don't need experience. We look forward to reading them we debate them ourselves on a weekly podcast um, myself Lee and Chris usually there's three of us so yeah just hit us up at uk and on your regular social media platforms perfect yeah definitely go and check them out Rush Nation they are well the articles are fantastic if I do say so myself and there's just content about every team out there and their podcast is good because they discuss the articles in which people submit and you don't need to be a writer to submit it either so that's where the beauty of it starts and doesn't finish right it's been fun Murph I'll see you on Tuesday guys we'll see you in the next installation of the franchise as it stands but until next week Rush Nation keep rushing We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.